Okay, Sprinkle Podcasters, welcome back to Season 2 of the Sprinkle Podcast with myself, Emmy, as well as the co-host that we all share this space with, which is Alejandro, Sherry, and Kaylee. So I want them to say hi first. What's up? Hi! Hi, everyone! And we're excited. We're back. We are back. We are back. And it's been a minute and a half, maybe almost two um, we took a little bit of a hiatus for the holidays slash, you know, winter, and we are totally back. We are back in, by the time I upload this, I'm going to give you a spring upload. So about April, um, lovely month to start in. We have new, fresh ideas. We have a bunch of things getting ready for you guys, and we're new and fresh, and we're going to be having a lot of different platforms that this podcast will be on in the future, so please look forward to that. And if you have no idea what this is, and this is your first episode uh, make sure to read the description and also go back and check our playlist um, we basically say um, you know things about the how you wave and our honest opinions and people from different places and things that we do our bios and things that we do are also in the description box of this video or if you're listening on anchor head over to youtube and you can see the description box there so with that being said let's get into the first episode of season two basically the topic is exactly what you guys are seeing on your screen it is what is k-pop what is it that's a loaded huge big question that we don't have enough time to fill for this episode but we wanted to get a general basic of open ideas and open opinions and you know questions that we may have always asked ourselves or just our peers around us and we want to ask you know you guys so feel free to comment this is always a comment free um episode all of these are and you can find us on our socials and you know give us questions here and there as well so guys what is k-pop we're gonna go one by one and answer ish the question anyone want to go first sherry's like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) excuse the nasally sound um k-pop is an expression whether you're a fan or an artist um it can be a nice you know escapism for some people depending on how you want to use it k-pop is a global business it's just like global domination like even in places you probably wouldn't even think that's my take okay anybody else want to go Woo! i'll go um for me i see k-pop as an outlet um mostly a way of Finding other people around you with similar interests and kind of bringing you guys together, whether it be through Facebook, whether it be through K-pop events hosted in your city or in your town. And it's just like, look at us. Like, we're all from different corners of the globe. And, you know, what brought us together is K-pop. So I feel like K-pop is like this deep web of just connections and you know, people just loving the same stuff and just having this passion towards you know, Korean music, Korean culture, whatever it might be. So I think it's just a wonderful thing. Okay, Miss Kaylee. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think K-pop is a melting pot. It Maybe not that K-pop acts themselves, the actual groups, but just what it does, bringing all these fans together from different cultures and different backgrounds and um, varieties of life. It seems to me like it's just one big melting pot where kind of like Alejandro said, um, everybody can connect and come together. And so I've always viewed it like that. It's like the thing that stirs the, me- the melting pot. Okay, so I'm going to read 
the and I know people don't use it I'm just saying it just to get a general idea of when people that have no idea what K-pop is and I know that's not how you guys answered the question which I appreciate that but when people have no idea what K-pop is and let's say their kids are into it or you know they want to start you know or someone told them to write about it and they're like all right let me get a general you know for those people that went to college and you know you look up what is XYZ in the internet let's look up the Wikipedia definition so K-pop, an abbreviation of Korean pop, is a genre of popular music originating in South Korea. The modern form of K-pop can be traced back to the early 90s. The term itself has been popularized since the 2000s, replacing the term gayo, which also refers to the domestic pop music in South Korea. Um, The musical genre is consisting of electronic, hip-hop, pop, rock, and R&B music originating in South Korea. In addition to music, K-pop has grown into a popular subculture among teenagers and young adults through Asia, resulting in a widespread uh, resulting in widespread interest in the fashion and style of Korean idol groups and singers. So, with that being said, um, my basic definition of people, when people ask me what is K-pop, um, depending, like, not depending on who it is, but when people really ask me, or if I say I have a K-pop radio show or anything, I'm basically like, it is, that's what I say, I like, it's South Korean popular music, I said it has a little bit of everything, um, they inquire pop, they inquire rap, they inquire indie music, basically anything that catches, um, the popular listeners ears becomes k-pop in my opinion because we have a lot of artists that do strictly rap but k-pop artists but k-pop artists i'm sorry k-pop fans end up liking them for example but it's not a it's not a good example but for example jay park <laughs> no one make any noises i had to make an example <laughs> lord <laughs> And, uh, you know, he's even brought up the question, like, why do you guys consider me K-pop? I'm this or I'm that. So he labels himself. So I think it's just a label that is a it's like a widespread and it's a big blanket that can go in many different ways. And it's it's um, basically everything you guys said. But when people say that, I basically just try and tell them everything. Like, I can't really put my finger on one thing because every song sounds different in quote unquote K-pop or idol um, songs or artists so or music so yeah that's that's what we think k-pop is if you guys have anything that you want to say about what k-pop is to you or something that you guys say to people uh, make sure to comment it below so let's get into like the specifics about k-pop like uh the language the meaty the, the meaty part yeah the meaty <laughs> the language the music videos Um, the fandom culture, and maybe some changes in the past five years about K-pop in general. Maybe things we like, things we don't like. Um, So let's get started on the language, Um, because that seems to be, obviously, K-pop comes from Korea, and they speak Korean, or they speak Hangul, I'm sorry. And um, so the language, for me personally, was something that, it sounds really, like, weird, but it, like, came easy to me and I always make the comparison of when I have watched anime for over like 10 years since I was a kid but I always would like hear like Japanese being spoken all the time and the fact that I didn't pick anything up like I didn't pick up like 
like words at all, really. I think besides maybe a couple words besides hi and bye. And I think stupid, which wasn't a good thing to learn. But <laughs> um, I think that when I picked, I didn't pick anything up, but I've been listening to that language for over 10 years. And then when I learned like about K-pop and I started sing, and also I can sing along with Japan songs with anime openings and endings, but I don't know what's being said. When I actually sing like with Korean words and stuff, I pick out the words that I like know. Um, and when I started listening to K-pop in the span of like a couple months, I was already singing along easier than I was with Japanese songs. And I just compare two Asian languages. That's not to say anything about, you know, Spanish or anything, because I've also heard those languages a lot too. Um, and it just came easier to me. And if I felt more like attached to it, it sounds weird. But the thing about the language that I love is that the way that it sounds at first, I was so much more attracted to the way that it sounded and the way that, um, the way that English lyrics could be easily put in there. And I know that attracts a lot of international listeners at first. So like, obviously I learned the English parts in like all the God Seven songs in general. And then I slowly started to hear the language and be like, wow, this is a really beautiful language. And then I wanted to hear it being spoken more than, than it being sung. So I started looking up, you know, K-dramas and I watch a lot more reality TV than I do dramas, to be honest. And I just loved the way that it sounded. It just sounds so beautiful to me. It just sounds like just very effortless and and expressive. And um, I don't know, I just got really, really attached to the language first. So if the language to me didn't sound right in a in like a genre of music, then I probably honestly wouldn't listen to it. Um, and that's not to knock anybody that, you know, listens to Bollywood songs or listens to Latin American songs or listens to polka songs. Like that, it, you just have that certain attraction to it. Um, whether it's your background of your own culture, whether it's um, the lack of knowledge in your own culture. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch upon the language about it because I know everyone says like, oh, the language is just really beautiful and stuff. But I had this weird like, like quick attachment to it. And now like I'm able to take pieces out of it and I'm able to self-teach myself the language, which is really beautiful. And um, I think that's a big part of what makes K-pop K-pop is that the language just sounds so catchy and beautiful, even if you have or haven't heard it before and it's more like um you know when we have friends that listen to k-pop for the first time and they're like oh what's that chinese music like it sounds different than when people would say typical like i'm just being generally ignorant here so don't think that that's how i am but like when people say oh i can't even understand the ching chong music like i don't i've never heard anything of a ching chong in any <laughs> korean language but that's my ears catching you know how the language is is spoken but anyway that's my tangent about the language um anyone want to expand upon the language or move over to music videos fandom culture experiencing k-pop in the past five years um i don't like the the korean language is something that has been around me at an early age because i started taekwondo from a very early age and um i went into like a, a taekwondo school where like the instructor was korean and most of like uh the instructors under him were also korean so it, I was just involved very heavily around people speaking Korean all the time. But at an early age, I didn't know what was going on most of the time. I was just like, um, don't understand this language, but okay, pop off sis. Obviously, <laughs> I didn't say pop off sis at that age, but I wish I could have. <laughs> um, but it was just something that's always been around me. You know, a few words I picked up here and there in terms of like Taekwondo when saying like begin, start, stop, uh, warning, like stuff like that. And then... As I found Korean dramas and K-pop itself, 
the language has been something that has sucked me even more since then. You know, I say that I've, you know, I've tried studying Korean, but with my busy schedule, I don't have time to fully dedicate myself to learning the language at its full capacity. But, you know, I'm trying because I feel like the language itself, I feel like learning language itself is such a beautiful thing to do. And it's just so good for a human being to like learn a language and go involve themselves in a culture and then kind of like have a conversation with somebody in their native tongue if you ever encounter a korean in that sort of situation don't seek them out don't be those crazy fans that chase families down at supermarkets um but i just feel like it's such a good experience to learn a language whether it be korean chinese japanese spanish german etc but learning a language itself is just amazing and i highly recommend it and i feel that strong connection with the korean language because as i said i have tried to learn it before and i'm still in the process of learning it i feel like if you guys have ever seen um korean english man he has a separate channel called jolly with it's him josh and then his best friend ollie i feel like ollie all the time because my korean like i've been in the process of learning korean for so long but yet i'm over here like <laughs> it is so hard to self-teach though it is very hard yeah. to self-teach and i wish i had the resources to just involve like immerse myself in a fully korean setting to kind of just mm-hmm. you know put myself in like an uncomfortable position to kind of force myself to like learn korean and catch things on quicker but unfortunately those aren't my circumstances <laughs> it's funny because uh, i actually can relate to both of you so imi i actually before i got into k-pop i actually was more into japanese culture and anime and like you said as well um i didn't pick up anything japanese apart from you know, Baka and Nande, like, you know, the basic stuff like that. Um, and also as well, I like, like following on from Alejandra, I did Taekwondo from about age seven up until 14, 15. And I, when I first started, I didn't realise that, you know, I was counting Korean, speaking in Korean, um, everything we had to speak, everything was like in Korean. And I said to my uncle, because he used to take me, I said, oh, I want to go to China and, you know, practice uh, Taekwondo there. And he was like, it's not Chinese it's Korean and I was like oh (laughs) so so yeah I was very as a young kid as well I was very oblivious as well so yeah I was around it and you know like I knew some words and so forth but yeah um I came across the song and then when I was trying to like learn well not learn but well I wanted to sing along with like k-pop songs when I first got into it I would actually read romanization translations Mm. like (laughs) and that's and I heavily did that for a long time and I didn't actually try to pick any of Hangul up or anything like that for a long time um but I think like you said you know you feel connected to the language I wanted to feel closer and connected to the music because romanization really wasn't helping so um yeah I like started looking at apps and um that kind of thing and just learning from songs as well but yeah I feel like the language is really important um I think it is very hard to sell but the apps are good and everything comprehension um yeah i do a a korean language course now classroom based so that's really good um but yeah i i agree with both of you the language is really simple in a way um in comparison to i think chinese or japanese Mm -hmm. you know just the the amount of characters there are it's and it's softer on the ears yeah yeah but um yeah i feel like the language definitely helps feel makes you feel closer to the music and culture and so forth but yeah that's my take on it okay miss kaylee 
all quiet over there because we chatty <laughs> Kathy over you. Um, anything that you want to add? It doesn't have to be language. It could be, like I said, music video, fandom culture, um, change, things changing in the past five years, likes or dislikes about that. I will add on the language real quick just okay. because I'm still going to university and I'm in the college that I'm in. I have to take a foreign language, so I chose Korean because I've been into k-pop since like what 2012 2013 nice it is a difficult language uh, i thought it would be easier than it was it is a difficult language but also it's so neat like being able to even remotely recognize some of the things <clears throat> that are being said in songs and you pick it out and your jaw kind of drops open and you're like oh i'm fluent but <laughs> you're not you're not though but you 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 feel more connected to the songs but for me um if i may like change the subject a little bit mm -hmm. go on videos um the beauty in k-pop has always lied in music videos for me um i think that i i don't know i don't know how companies do it i don't know how groups do it but just the effort the beauty the pure talent they show through some of these music videos is so astounding to me and i can't believe that they go through this like just to put out a three and a half a four minute long video mm -hmm. because i mean their choreography is their cinematography is so incredible sometimes and i think we just take it for granted like yes we love the songs yes we love the language but also like look at the beauty in some of these videos i think it's amazing I will agree there and I feel like in comparison to like the music video evolution you know being exposed to only American music when I was younger and watching their music videos I thought oh my god America is like baiting the whole world and like these music videos and then I got into k-pop and I was like boy was I wrong <laughs> and especially watching that evolution throughout like you know since I got into k-pop until now like just the quality and the overall just feel of these music videos with the storylines and the plots and you know the increased quality in terms of production in terms of directing in terms of just about everything um you know location sites it's just amazing to watch that evolution happen and just seeing you know these music videos and having them even you know beat out american music videos like now i watch american music videos and i'm like um that's great and all, but have you guys, has anybody tried the South Korean music videos? <laughs> well, has anyone seen, tried? Have you seen this? <laughs> has anyone tried the South Korean music videos? <laughs> it's like, I hear it's quite delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching like a mini movie. I, I'm often wonder like how many millions does each video cost because mm. it's, it's crazy. It's ridiculous, but in a good way. But um yeah like nothing else that i've seen there, there could be something better but mm -hmm. uh, nothing compares to south korean music videos like on a real it's crazy mm -hmm. and no matter and what the, feel... the standard is always like high like even if the company may be a really small company or already you know halfway broke trying to promote this group they are not like all right we're gonna we're gonna half do this this video or we're gonna take this out the music video they're like no this has to be top as well as the live performances on music shows they're like no we need to spend x amount on this on these wardrobes or do this for like spend this much on like fans when they go to isaac and they they pay for you know fans lunches and stuff like there's always this standard within like the the k-pop that has to be met it's like an unspoken 
unspoken standard. Like, music videos always has to be up to par. Like, always doing some kind of technique or technology with within, like, when the director does it. Or even with the choreography, like, there's always some, like, unspoken standard, I'm sure, for the idols themselves that, like, or the companies that just have to be met, like, without question, because this is our culture, this is what we do, and it, it could be a, a tightrope to walk on, it could be a catch-22 sometimes um, with those kind of standards, but it's still, it's part of the culture, and it's something that we as fans of other music, uh, mostly English pop music, don't really see. You just see, like, oh, I'm gonna have this music video, or oh, now everyone's twerking in a music video, or now there's a lot of trap going on, now there's a lot of, you know, auto-tune with rappers going on, you know, there's other standards that we're like, yeah, but that's not a good standard. Like, that didn't give me the, the feeling that I wanted or that I needed. Um, I imagined if you have a beautiful song, I imagined the music video to be just as beautiful and you're just, like, in a club, like, with some Fenty Beauty on looking beautiful. Like, that's not really what I wanted. Um, and, and as a fan, like, you know, we have our expectations, and they don't always have to be met. We're all, they're, you know, idols and, and artists are always going to let us down at one point. But um, it's just interesting that K-pop has that unspoken standard that I found interesting. I'm sorry, Alejandro, I cut you out. What were you going to say? No, it's okay. <laughs> um... But I just feel like now, especially more than ever, with the rise of the Holly Wave and like this influx of people being exposed to K-pop, especially through the music videos themselves, I just feel like now, you know, K-pop music videos have become the standard as to what everybody should strive for. And I've been seeing more and more music videos pop up from these American artists or from even international artists with these increased kind of cinematography complex storylines and i just i just find it so funny how it's just like you know the everybody likes to especially you know foreigners that aren't uh aware of what k-pop is they like to shit on korean music and you know they like to you know be racist and just be so close-minded but the artists that they listen to are being influenced by these Korean artists. And I just feel like the music wave itself is just influenced between all these different cultures. And I just feel like now that the Holly wave is rising and people are watching and appreciating these Korean music videos, especially through channels like Fine Bros or, you know, Teens React, Elders React, those all file under Fine Bros. But, you know, watching their reaction to these beautifully made music videos and hearing their commentary on it, I'm just like, oh, this is what American artists should strive for. And I've been seeing that more and more lately um but as you also said i just feel like the american standard for music videos is is kind of getting very generic you know you watch a music video it's either a club scene or a house party and it's very you know oh we're having a good time at the club watch me lip sync this song for three minutes and, and you know there's nothing wrong with that if artists want to do that if that's what they feel comfortable doing so be it but i just feel like there's just something magical about taking it there with your music videos and just kind of expressing this deeper connection to the song and to you as an artist through these music videos and through these complex uh, storylines and plots. Because I feel like that's how you really reel an audience in and how you captivate them into watching more of your videos and listening to more of your music. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that is everything that we can generalize. We could go on and on and on, as I had said before, about, you know, what is K-pop? And we want you guys to go on and on and on in the comment section because um, depending on how many people may have their input or opinion, we may do 
a mini mini follow-up section in the beginning of another episode just to you know read your responses and maybe have further on the conversation um but that depends on you guys the listeners so please always you are free to comment on our youtube video if you're listening on our anchor platform or any of our other platforms uh google podcast apple um now spotify uh, make sure to head over to um, our YouTube, which is M-E-M-C-H-I-M-M-Y-I-M-C-H-I. Head over there, and that's where we read most of your comments. Or um, on Twitter, we are very sociable, and our Twitter links will be there as well. So with that being said, we had a question from a listener from our Season 1 finale episode, which was our BTS episode. So I'd like to shout out and thank Miss Trisha. I don't know how to say your last name, but I'm going to try. Rolling. Okay, Trisha. So she said, um, my question to you as an experienced K-pop fan, fans, she was talking to all of us, I'd love some further insight as to what you guys think I can do as a newer K-pop fan to discontinue this wheel of negativity that is growing in relation to BTS and K-pop in general. So we were thinking of doing like a fandom 101 um, episode, but you know, fandom goes under, you know, what K-pop is. And we would have been talking about what K-pop is in general, which is why the what is K-pop is the theme of today's show. Um, So let's get into what do you guys think fans should do to stop this negative wheel, whether it be social media, whether it be canceling culture, maybe the fandom culture has changed in the past couple of years, um, which we have trickled upon in the BTS episode. But let's further get into depth about like fandom culture 101. What are some things that you as a K-pop fan think are no-nos, things are yes-yeses. Is that what they call them? No-nos and yes-yeses? Anyway, I, I work I work with children. I, I'm sorry, I make up words every day. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think, Fandom Culture 101? Um, who has been in K-pop the longest? I'm going to have who has been in K-pop the longest and then go up to who has been in it the least. That's just how I'm going to go. Kaylee, um, how long? You said 2012, 2013. Alejandro, how long for you? 2014. Okay. 2012, 2013. Oh, okay. So out of Kaylee or Sherry, who wants to go first? My biggest statement would be support your group. First of all, like support the heck out of your group, but please do it considerately. Um, it's gotten to the point where with any group, we see a post about um, some group's achievement or accomplishment or, you know, something completely unrelated. And then in the comments, you'll see, oh, Stan so-and-so, go listen to this, go stream this, and it's got nothing to do with what's being posted on. It's got nothing to do with um, the group that's being spoken of at the time. And I get that supporting your group is amazing and it takes a lot of energy and effort to keep up with everything that they do. And you definitely want to show your pride in your group. But, um... It gets to the point sometimes where other fandoms, other fans, um, and I'm sure other groups that see it become annoyed by seeing um, stream this, support this, stand this over and over and over, especially when it's got nothing to do with the matter at hand. And so um, it does turn a little bit negative. You do start to feel a little bit of a resentment to that fandom that's not really going the extra mile, but going the extra like two miles to make sure their group is known about. Um, so I'd say continue supporting your group, continue loving what your group does, but please be respectful of other groups and please, um, be considerate when other groups are promoting or doing whatever they need to do. Okay, Miss Sherry? Okay, so, um, yeah, riding on the back of Kaylee, it's true, um, especially with social media, it can be difficult to kind of ignore another fandom trying to, you know, 
like dig at, at you know your fandom or whatever um i think the best way is to kind of maybe personally limit yourself on how much you know social media how much social media you use especially twitter because twitter is a good a good place for k-pop especially but sometimes it's just like oh, i don't really want to engage in this like if i just say my opinion someone will be like you know like argue with you and it's not something i want to engage in so i guess you can limit social media use and also like yeah concentrate on your group um and also moving off of social media i think concert etiquette is very important so um i think it's wrong to go to someone else's to someone's concert and have a light stick that belongs to another group or a t-shirt or a hoodie whatever you're wearing i went to bang and gook's uh, concert the other day and i was just filming like the um the BAP uh, light stick, I don't know the name of it, the light stick, um, like um, ocean, if you want to call it. And it was all green. And I just saw this white light. And I was just thinking, hold on a minute, like, what was this? It was an army uh, army bomb. And I was just thinking, why? Wow. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can easily avoid, obviously people are multi-fandom, you can easily avoid confrontation in real life when you don't do things like, you know, just don't do things like that. I just, uh, I know it's K-pop and everyone wants to have a good time, but concert etiquette and online etiquette, it's the keyboard or over your mobile phone, it's just not, it's it's a waste of energy. It's not going to make your group any better or any worse. And I think also take that on the head of like, if someone says to you, oh, well, your group hasn't done this, my group's done that. Words aren't going to make your group any better or any worse or vice versa. So I think it's just uh, separating yourself from what's important and what is important. So yeah, don't take things personally. Ooh. Um, let's see. So my advice to you would be to just kind of like Kaylee and Sherry said, kind of just mind your own business. Kind of just go about it, support your group you know like the things that you like listen to the things you listen to and you know if you want to expand your horizons there's so many different videos on youtube uh that you can do that with you know you can search up groups here and there let's say that you heard a girl group song that you really like uh you can search up other songs from that group or kind of expand on that kind of you know genre of style of music when girl groups do that um like sherry said twitter is a huge platform for k-pop but it's also the most toxic one i want to say toxic seems a little harsh but i feel like twitter is a harsh um platform Mm -hmm. um and i just feel like you know limiting yourself to the twitter would be a smart idea because i just feel like so many people go on twitter and they just get so caught up in their own love for their own group that they kind of you know, start putting other groups down or other fandoms down and just start becoming toxic along the way. I know that I am definitely guilty of having engaged in not so nice um, interactions before with other <laughs> fandoms. Um, you know, I'm sure we're, we're all guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, like it's just, it's so hard to avoid and it's just a very nasty place or situation to put yourself in because then you get angry and you get you know flustered and then you start disliking a certain fandom or a certain group for their fandom and i just feel like um in relation to the topics that we're talking about today i just feel like in the change that k-pop has made in the last five years i feel like the most notable change has definitely been fandom culture because this this stuff did not fly 
in 2014. In 2014, everybody was friendly, minded their own business. You know, there wasn't no staple group in K-pop. Obviously, you know, the bigger second generation groups were definitely the big staple of K-pop. But, you know, there wasn't this vicious competition to see, oh, my group is better, your group is better. Or, you know, this kind of spamming of, oh, you know, your group did this, but Stan this. And then they slap on a Luna video <laughs> and they're like, Stan Luna. <laughs> And I just feel like I just feel like that culture has just become very, uh, just a, a nuance is that the word? Just to kind of you know witness and put yourself through. So just kind of you know don't engage in negative conversations. Don't engage in negative activity. You know it, it's really hard to see somebody putting down your group. And I know that it sucks. And you really want to get your two cents out there. You want to list all their accomplishments, but. What your group does is for you and your fandom. And I just feel like I especially had to learn that, that, you know, especially with a lot of people, I feel like Got7 has been put down a lot and a lot of people like to drag them through the mud here and there. And I had to learn the hard way to just kind of like keep it to myself. Like, I know that these people are are mocking God 7 and making fun of them. And, you know, it, it's hard to see and it hurts because you love this group so much. But it's just kind of one of those things that you just kind of have to like let go. Just be like, you know what? God 7 has accomplished so much. I'm so proud of them. They did that for us, the fans. And we're here and we're supporting them. And whoever doesn't support them can just, you know, go away. And I'm also not saying like blindly support your favorites. You know, if they do something wrong, you know, kind of just hold your morals as you support your group. I feel like that's also a good piece of advice to not feeding into toxic fandoms or bettering the fandom situation that we're currently in now. That was a tangent. No, that was good. All the, all these are good. It made good sense and something that all fans should take in con- into consideration, especially I feel like the newer fans of K-pop that are coming in now are not, well, they're fans of K-pop regardless of what they what artists they think are K-pop. Or so and so pop, but um, no tea, no shade. I think that <laughs> regardless, you are in the K-pop fandom, no matter your affiliation. But I think when people come into K-pop, they're not coming into a community; they're coming into their own groups, like culture. And we see this now, this new uh, thing on social media, where it's like, oh, so and so culture is, let's say, um, orbit culture or army culture, or mom baby culture, or uh, baby culture, is um, listening to X, Y, and Z song for eight hours and still feeling like it's not enough. You know those little funny things that you see on Twitter that are funny but not funny? But if you're multi-fandom, yeah. they're funny to, uh, like a lot of things on Twitter are funny. If you're if you're multi-fandom, you just see a lot of stuff you on your them. feed that's very entertaining. You're like, oh, that's relatable. And then you go to a, another group, you're like, oh, that's relatable. But the people that make the accounts um, are like only for that group i'm seeing this new like fandom culture of like just one fandom culture and it's not um this whole solo stand thing it's like they literally came into k-pop and are just set with one like when i came into k-pop i thought like oh i just like got seven that's it i'm not gonna like any other group i'm not gonna this i'm not gonna that and then we all slowly like grew from that but i feel like this whole new section is not grow is not growing and doesn't want to grow so and that's honestly that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but as long as you're not um thinking of ways that your fave can be better 
than someone else. If someone else goes on a TV show, then the next person does it. I don't want to hear you say so-and-so is paving the way because did you see that fan or that fandom saying that, oh, they did it, best ever, number one? For, like, no one even said that. And we don't need a reminder of who did it first. Like, we all know. We all know or we wouldn't be saying that. But, like, the minute that you say, yeah, but but I, I did that first or, oh, oh, so-and-so did that first or... We don't need a reminder. We know just because I'm saying a fact. Like if I say so-and-so came on this show, I don't want you underneath my comment saying, oh, but so-and-so did it first or so-and-so did it better. That's not what I said. And that the fact is they're on the show. And the other fact is the other person's been on the show. They have no correlation to each other at all. Unless they go on the show and the interviewer asks a question about the other group, which is disrespectful, but happens sometimes. So there's like these whole like just mindset of culture and honestly to a new fan to discontinue the wheel of negativity like keep to yourself and all this stuff but if you're um if you're really like that passionate or if something really irks you that much and the person's DMs are open just ask them like oh what did you mean about that and I know it's your life and it's your account but you could have said it better like if it means that much to you and and they're your, you know, your fellow uh, fandom buddy, um, not even your buddy, but if they're, uh, you know, claiming they're part of your fandom that you're feel like you're associated with, just DM them and ask like, hey, that was extra as hell. You know, mom babies don't really do that. Just it, you can't go tit for tat, whatever you feel. If it's that compelling, like I scroll by a bunch of stuff on my Twitter and I talk a lot of stuff in, in my head, but I don't feel compelled to like go to bat because I wasn't personally attacked. Um, I feel like that person is ignorant, but if you're really associated with a fandom and, you know, you're maybe a different K-pop fan than I am, just DM the person. You don't really need to call people out. They didn't act specifically you, unless they're in someone else's mentions, like, um, who said, uh, like, uh, Alejandro said, like, if they're in someone else's mentions about something that's unrelatable, like, that's, that's really ignorant. Like, there was a post about... Um, a real life situation that is happening in Syria and a specific fandom like went into the the replies on Twitter and was like oh any blah 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 here and it's like that's where obviously you know that's flat out wrong but if it stays in the realm of k-pop and you know talking about k-pop then you know personally DM the person or feel if you feel that compelled to but if it's something out in the open and it's just straight up ignorant like that that just warrants you to get yourself told off on social media um, I've seen terrible stuff like that. Like, yep, underneath chill like posts tweet. about children dying, yeah. and you say, "Oh, any blah 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 here?" Like, <laughs> no, that's not appropriate. That is not appropriate. And now you see a lot of um, people around the world that use um, the letters BTS that that all has always meant behind the scenes. And they still continue to use it because not everybody knows about BTS and not everybody's going to know about BTS. And then you see in the comments, any armies here? And it's like, that's not what this whole post is about. And you guys don't need to flood everything. Like my my friend that is an army herself, she um, <laughs> there was a post on social media, something about IU. And she was like, y'all can't, y'all can't let this girl breathe and have her career without mentioning Jungkook. Like, leave it alone. And then a lot of people attacked her. She's like, I'm an army myself. I was just telling other armies how y'all make us look. Like, I was trying to help y'all out. You know, and there's there's other examples about stuff about mom babies and stuff that I could use. But that was just a recent incident that happened with my friend that's actually, you know, um, is uh, identifies as an army. Um, so, and something else that I want to lead over to is... 
Um, I think, and this is my crazy theory and my probably unpopular opinion, I think Kaylee and I talked about it on uh, my radio show back in 2017, 2016, and I've said it, but we didn't have like a lot of listeners at that point, and I haven't said it at a different platform, and I've always, 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 always thought this, and always will think this. My theory is that, <laughs> I sound like a crazy person, my theory is that, um, Jane Dawson, back in the 20. 20- 16 um well back in actually 2015 ish there was this huge wave of now more american awareness on social media with american or even english i guess i say english-speaking k-pop fans um and the reason that i say that is because i honestly think and believe i really do that i feel i'm gonna feel like a crazy person saying this but i feel like if one Direction never broke up, that these crazy social media happenings that's just been blown out of proportion from 2017 up until now and it's gotten crazier and crazier. I honestly feel like if One Direction didn't break up, like these fans that were delusional on social media for those Directioners that are listening that know what I'm talking about, leaked over into K-pop and then like their new humor and stuff because there was a bunch of new humor that came to k-pop on twitter specifically in 2016 and a lot of k-pop fans as you said a lot of like older k-pop fans like i'm talking about eight years seven years they really weren't on social media like that like like that to where they posted funny things they did funny fandom culture humor like inside jokes like that really wasn't happening on Twitter like for K-pop until like that 2016 2017 break off and I honestly think that humor came from directioners not all of it but the main funny stuff that we see with videos and stuff that get uh, 100k retweets and stuff like that that humor like reminds me of directioners and I say that because you don't have to be a directioner you could be a popular um you could be a popular twice account but you saw something that someone else did that may have been a directioner. Like, you don't know how far it links back, and we don't, we're not doing all that here. But I really honestly think that that fandom funniness has leaked over, and also the disgustingness, because there was a lot of disgusting behaviors inside the One Direction fandom. And I remember Katie and I talking about this in depth, and we were like, we think we're crazy, but let's go on no. air. Let's go on air and say it. Okay, uh, Sprinkle podcast listener. So, this is editor Emmy coming in after she's editing the podcast because. I felt like we mentioned this in the BTS podcast, and I'm mentioning it again, so I couldn't mention it without actually showing uh, you guys the audio all the way back in June. Specific date was the 18th. We're going to, Kaylee and I, uh, this was an archive audio piece from my radio show, Debat K-Pop with Emmy, uh, when Kaylee was a guest. And we did like, a, I called it a rant because that's basically what I do best and what we do best together. Um, so this is something archived all the way back uh, now almost two years ago. I already sensed this and Kaylee herself already sensed this. So as you see the K-pop genre growing, uh, its presence on Twitter now has been almost three or four years where it's been really strong. Um, And you have to notice that these groups that we're referring to, One Direction, Five Seconds of Summer, um, those groups were, those groups' fan bases were five years old, six years old, and it just got worse and worse from there. (laughs) Uh, Not to say the K-pop community on Twitter is getting worse and worse. Uh, That's to the, everyone's own opinion. But, um... It, it, this is kind of a long clip. It adds on five minutes to the audio of today's uh, podcast episode. But I really, really wanted to show you guys this because 
just the insight that we had is like crazy. Um, we got more into BTS, but I'm not sharing the full, again, I'm not sharing the full audio archive of when Kaylee was on the show, just this specific part about fandoms because I'm getting ready to uh, talk about a specific fandom that reminds me of uh, the K-pop fandom we have today in 2019. So that's a lot of talking I just did to explain myself, but editor Amy is her mind runs a million times a minute so let's go so you guys can hear the audio this is again a clip all the way from june 18th 2017 uh co-host kaylee and i talking let's go don't get me wrong yeah we've got it in k-pop i've seen it much worse in some other i remember when directioners and fans of five sauce or five seconds of summer i yes, don't know five sauce yes uh, when they were getting pit against each other, dang. When Five Seconds of Summer came out and they and were it trying made, to go up against Directioners. It made no I, sense because you're talking to someone <laughs> that's been to one, two, three. Let me not lose count. To like one, two, three. No, four. You've <laughs> Someone that has been to four One Direction concerts, two of them where Five Seconds of Summer was an opener for One Direction. Guys, I know we took it from one type type of the continent to one other one. Just follow us. We, we, <laughs> we going somewhere. We going somewhere. But for someone that saw both of those bands open and you would still have fans like fighting, it's like they're they're an opener. Like there's no way that one's better than the other or one deserves more than the they're, other. They're literally performing on the same stage right now. Exactly. And like <laughs> a lot of the like and let's not get it twisted. Like international fans, we have our own fan wars, but so do Korean fans. Like they're oh, yeah. yeah, so we're not trying to say that it's an international fan thing. It's just the humor and well the crude humor and the level that we bring it to and the fact that we're not ashamed to post things online because like over in Korea they'll sue you for that stuff like you'll see Soompi yeah. uploading things all the time saying that someone is taking action against malicious commenters like uh, like American artists really don't have time to do that unless they're getting like stalked or unless there's something really extreme so right. like and you can tell the humor even coming into K-pop okay so coming into K-pop in 2015 like I feel like I've I've been where I've always belonged. Like it's not different to me because a lot of directioners and these are probably the people that are gonna joke and like show EXP memes of like saying all all the directioners went to K-pop. It kind of is true, but at the same time, you got the good directioners that you know were looking for that next K-pop boy band fix and like you know missed the goodness of just seeing boys like be funny and do everything, which is why K-pop is everything that a directioner could want. Right. And then you have the um, the rude and crude directioners that had disgusting humor, like from day one. Like if y'all remember, One Direction was getting flashed in I forget what country. I'm not gonna trash a, a European Every country without knowing. They were getting flashed when they were 16 by girls. Okay, so let's just keep that in mind. That age doesn't matter. So when you guys talk about a group like oh nct dream our babies why would you do that they don't care like it's just and it just comes from that mm. humor and that our cultural differences that we don't get that so it's just their humor is the same like all the beats you you will scroll on twitter and someone right now please like find a funny like bts video with like a funny caption at me at quote the tweet and at me and i will tell you if that's a direction or not like the humor is the same if you go back all those years to some accounts like the comments and the the little things and stuff are exactly what directioners used to write about harry liam zane niall and and louis 
like it's the same thing like and people that don't didn't go from direction or fandom to k-pop fandom wouldn't know that but me i'm like there's literally no change like i literally they all traveled with me it's crazy it it really is crazy and i wanted to pop back just one second because i don't want i don't want this to leave my brain because i've been wanting to talk about this for a while you were talking about like being a part of multiple fandoms for a second and i just wanted to say that in korea it seems to me sometimes that people think that fan wars don't exist in Korea, which I don't know how you can be a part of K-pop and not think that. If you're listening to this right now and you are in the mindset that only international fans have fan wars, I'm sorry, but you are so mistaken. K-fans have them too. It, they are not exempt from them. And we are back to the normally scheduled program of the Sprinkle Podcast. Again, now we are going back to the recent talk that we just had. We are talking about fandom. So I'm probably going to talk some more and I go on a tangent, but y'all know this is what I do. So why am I explaining myself? All right, back to the conversation we were all four of us were having. (laughs) That is funny you mentioned that because I was actually having this similar conversation with Natalie and Amanda, junkies as well as we were all and Rachel and we were all just in a situation where we were all just hanging out and then maybe we wouldn't have these many annoying fans if they didn't leak in from one direction. Um, popular American boy bands because yeah. it wasn't just One Direction it was like The Wanted Double S 501 The Wanted oh my yep. god The Wanted oh, big, t- big Time Rush oh, oh excuse me I I was one of those Big Time Rush mm-hmm. leaks yeah <laughs> exactly um, exactly so it's it's crazy that you say that because I feel like that is actually very true I feel like a lot of the humor that you see now in K-pop or a lot of like the the grossness, the dark side, uh, a lot of the fights is very eerily similar yeah. to that. Of if not exactly the, the same. previous American fandoms. Okay. I'm glad I don't feel like I'm crazy now because it's like, the, and we always used to say, it's funny that you say that, the dark side of the fandom. Like we just be like, no, that's the dark side of the fandom. Like the... The Larry Shippers. Like, that's the dark side of the fandom. You know what I'm saying? I feel like everybody contributes to the dark side of the fandom, though. Like, oh, we're like, oh, that's the dark side of the fandom. But, like, you, I know that when you're scrolling through one of these posts and you see something that's supposed to be, quote, unquote, dark or whatever, you you, you get a chuckle out of it because you're like, oh, yeah. I see that, too. Yeah, and a lot, exactly. And a lot of the tweets may be funny that come from, like, really bad accounts, but you don't notice the account. You usually just do a retweet because it's funny. But it may yeah, be a like, toxic account so i do agree that you we dip we dabble with uh with the devil we, a little bit we, the devil. we don't mean to but we fuel the fire a little bit because yeah. you know, there's, there's this one luna account i don't i don't know his name but he's like this i know he he's a very well-known luna account but it's not a luna account it's like his personal twitter but like it's mostly dedicated to luna um but he is very toxic <laughs> not good no bueno, <laughs> no um, bueno but some of the stuff that he posts is just so funny and i'm just like like i i feel like i'm fueling it's like why can't you be why can't you do this and, it. yeah why can't you do this and be sane like why do you like, have to be funny and bad <laughs> like why do you have to be funny and and crazy <laughs> weird <laughs> why do you have to be oh funny and God. a shitty person like that's not how this is supposed to work yeah, so that's my theory I wanted to draw because I honestly feel like, you know, and people may not even claim to be directioners or even claim that lifestyle anymore. Um, I will till the day I die. I have no shame. But, like, it's just funny to see the changes 
in fandom culture that w- that happens from specific other American boy bands. And a lot of the times these accounts crap on these American boy bands when they really on the DL used to listen to them. No tea, no shade. I completely agree. I think the best example I can think of is when I was in One Direction, people would go on social media and say like, oh, good morning to Harry Styles yes. only. Yes. Or good morning to like yes. Liam only. Yes, and, and they do that like, now. Oh, good morning to Jungkook only. Yes. Oh, good morning to Wanho only. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like we're seeing it in a different light. It's the same stuff. That's why I don't, like, I'm surprised with the level of disgustingness that it's gotten to. But I wasn't surprised in 2016 and 2017 when old K-pop heads were like, this is disgusting. I'm like, this is, like, it's just another day in a fandom. (laughs) And that's the sick, like, reality of it. I don't know. They just (laughs) needed somewhere to go. Like, your faves are gone forever. Do you know what I mean? So they had to go somewhere. Um, like I was saying, like that was like me, like when B2K broke up many moons ago. Oh. I had nowhere else to go. <laughs> well, not- actually, no. I like, I liked another group after called B5. B5. Yeah, and they're like trying to make a comeback now as well. But then, because that was like those days where boy bands were dying out, I had nowhere to go, and I was kind of pushing on with like my. What was what was I? Seventeen, eighteen. Mm-hmm. I had nowhere to go. So it's just now that a lot I was of these trying to. Huh? I was homeless. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Broke, five um, kids. And I no. remember the day I took the, my posters off my wall. I felt so sad. Like, how can they do this to me? But yeah, like I think, <laughs> I think now because a lot of these fans are like still early teens, mid teens, they kind of are still in that age group where it's like you know boy bands are like mm-hmm, everything. You know, so that so they, yeah, so they're just like okay, we have somewhere to go now. And also they but, were yeah. like, it was years and years ago that even now, you know, it's getting older. Like it's been years and years since these groups have been together. So the people that are doing it now, thinking it's original Stan K-pop Twitter, mm. it's not. It's old mm. boy band culture from when you guys were in elementary school and we were in uh, <laughs> middle school or high school, sometimes even college. So I, I just found it interesting. As And if you're a new fan, that's something I wanted to uh, bring to your attention that it's not original content, then again, nothing really is original content. It's just stuff that is molded and made into your own. Like, it's made into your own humor, your own, fits your mold. So that's something I wanted to tell a new fan, and that's something that, on Crazy Theory, that I really wanted to stick with new fans, that it's just getting worse and worse, but it's not original. And, it's, and no one's checking anybody, and it's different because with boy bands, worldwide boy bands that weren't Korean, you didn't you had that social media presence that was just there and with k-pop we have this k fans and international fans disconnect because of the benefits that you get with being an actual uh person in an actual fandom in an actual um uh what do you why did i just oh in an actual fan cafe like there's different rules so we're allowed to be on this side of the world and be trashy because we think they're never going to see it and sometimes they never do uh, versus when you're actually in a fan cafe, half the stuff that these people would say, they would never dare to say it in a fan cafe. You'd be kicked out for it. So I guess the rule of thumb is like, don't do anything you wouldn't be allowed to do or say in a fan cafe. I think that's what I should have said in the beginning to cut off this weird tangent. Anyway, <laughs> with that being said, um, we touched upon a lot of culture, culture, culture. But there's been a lot of things happening in the media with, uh, you know, certain K-pop artists or rappers or um, artists, uh, hairstyles being worn, certain clothes being worn, certain things being said. When do we get to a point where something is canceled or how do we 
how do we gauge our canceling culture and where did canceling culture really come from? Um, Co-host Alejandro wanted to bring this up, so I'm going to let him kick it off. And go ahead, tell us about why you wanted to talk about this on the podcast. Okay, because this is a topic that's very heavily prominent, especially when we're talking about K-pop, where a certain group does something or a certain member does a certain thing and all of a sudden you just see an influx of people being like so and so is cancelled so and so is cancelled 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 and I'm like now what do you mean by cancelled exactly Mm -hmm. and I've delved into this realm of whenever there's a scandal I kind of like dig into like the mentions and the replies and just kind of try to find like a good source to say like okay is that what you mean by cancelling and like you know it's it's crazy because there's you know people cancel other idols for anything like i know this is very recent like it's literally happening as we speak on twitter that a lot of people are like sun me is canceled sun me is canceled i can't believe that sun me said that bts paved the way for k-pop when she herself was a member of wonder girls who literally paved the way for k-pop and i feel like sure maybe she didn't understand the premise of the question or i mean sun me is not fluent in english but she knows plenty of English maybe she wants to pay homage to BTS because BTS has and you know it it, it, it irks me to say this because you know I'm not an army and I hate when armies are like BTS paid the way for K-pop but BTS did at this stage in the K-pop industry have paved the way for K-pop as of now but you know they haven't in the past and you know it's not you know some, yeah maybe Sunmi didn't speak or didn't understand the question maybe they didn't speak out of knowledge but um i just feel like there's there's no reason to cancel her for saying just that like that's so dumb Mm -hmm. like you're really gonna cancel an artist and all her musical accomplishments and all her amazing music and all that she stands for just because she said one little thing like and it wasn't even that deep it wasn't that serious like like, I understand it might have hurt you and because, oh, you know, I am a Girls' Generation fan and I'm offended by what she said because Girls' Generation paved the way for K-pop. Like, that's great and everything, but you don't have to cancel some a whole somebody out of that. Now, what I will, I just feel like the canceling culture is very, like, a tightrope. Like, you're walking on a mm-hmm. thin line, like, if an artist does this thing, do I cancel them? Or if an artist does this thing, do I cancel them? And I just feel like... You know, when, let's say, an idol does something, namely, racist. Uh, let's use uh, Jay Park, for example. Just because he's the one off the top of my head with the the him wearing dreads and him, you know, kind of... Um, he was aligning cultural appropriation with cultural appreciation. Yes, exactly. Where he was just like, oh, but I can... I, why can't I wear this when all of you K-popies are out here listening to korean music like isn't that cultural appropriation and i was just like oh whoa 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 that is <laughs> and saying oh like you guys you guys like mukbangs and you know you go to mm-hmm. nori bang and like, i'm thinking that's not the same thing like that come is, on you are and he should know better he should know way better mm-hmm. than that You're now i Jay-Z. will yes i will say that i have in the past have made some very unintellectual um comments about 
you know, specific hairstyles, more namely dreads, because I was just like, oh, but Native Americans. And I was part of that stupid culture that did not know anything and was just like, I don't see anything wrong with it. But yet again, I'm not like I would say these things and then I would now I sit back on it and I was like, what what was I thinking talking out of my my rear end like that? Like, why would I ever say something like that? First of all, because I am not associated with that culture second of all because that you know that has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. or my you know where i come from like that is you that is not something of significant value towards me but it is something of significant value to the african-american culture which i am not a part of so i have no say in this whatsoever mm-hmm. so to see this grown man <laughs> say these things about something that has a very hefty significant cultural value to a whole race of people is just so incredulous like like, what do you what do you mean like Mm -hmm. oh like comparing that to people who do mukbangs or listen to k-pop like that is not the same thing and it's just i feel like in that instance do i cancel jay park is it is it right of me to say i am canceling jay park because of this because i do not support his viewpoints like i feel like when it comes to an idol and they do something that kind of um, infringes upon your viewpoints and kind of like makes you think but I don't stand for that and if I support them does that mean I'm kind of facilitating his ignorance or kind of just saying oh your ignorance is alright mm-hmm. and I feel like that's when canceling culture gets kind of like in a gray area like when is it okay to cancel somebody is it ever okay to cancel somebody or is it kind of like is it kind of okay to just be like, you know what? I don't support you. I'll listen to your music, but you're not like that level of canceling, like not no longer supporting somebody, but still kind of like enjoying their music. Mm. And also how long does the canceling last? It also, yeah, like, does it mean are we canceling forever? Exactly. Are we canceling for two days, does three it, weeks? Yeah. And are you going to unfollow accounts? Are you still retweeting? Are you still listening to the music, but not liking the person? Are like, I just think that canceling culture is, in it's just another word for preference like if that Mm -hmm. like my so for me i will play jay park's music if it is requested by a listener i won't now from now on i won't find it myself because that's that listener's preference and i am a listener requested radio on certain days and i'm not going to um you know take away someone's experience to have their song played on radio for my my own preference however it's, I, don't, I feel like there's just a bunch of loopholes that it, it's just our preference. Because, however, if someone requests a Sungri song or a Jun Jun Young song or a San E song, I will not play it. I don't play them on my radio. Oh, well, a Sungri solo song, a Jung Jun Young solo song, I should specify. And also a San e song. Even if he's featured, I'm not going to play it. That's my canceling culture, but that's also something that... The radio is a, a piece of me and something that I put work into, and I'm not going to let people that think these certain things about my gender um, be compromised on what I work hard for. So those kind of canceling culture are just certain things and boundaries that have to do with your personal life. There are certain people that have gone through certain uh, mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, that don't want to associate themselves with these specific artists even if they've just been accused haven't even been trialed and and sentenced you know but that's your personal preference i feel like canceling culture um we do it with youtubers 
um, YouTubers have lost interview um, opportunities because some because they've been canceled for saying something about um, female idols or about certain um, standards of K-beauty and are in some retrospects still being called racist. Um, even years after the incident has happened, videos are still up, comments are still there, and moves have been made. Um, certain YouTubers have made statements, like I said, just said about race that, and then they go and want to interview someone and people are sent there, but they've been canceled for something that they have done and they stay canceled. Or some people have been forgiven based off of reaction videos that they do. So I feel like canceling culture is ridiculous. And it's weird because we partake in it to some point. Um, and, and like you said, things can change. I've been in like saying things on certain videos that I don't agree with anymore. You know, there's certain comments that I've made where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like that anymore. But us doing being on these specific platforms, you owe it to your audi- audience to constantly people say, oh, they don't owe you nothing. You don't owe them nothing, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like if I'm putting my opinions on social media or out in the Internet stratosphere, that if something changes with me, I owe it to my listeners to update them on how I'm feeling about a certain situation, which I try to do via Twitter. Um, I'm trying to do it in other ways. Uh, but I feel like if we change how we have an outlook, we need to update people. And, you know, you could cancel someone and then have your outlook change. So if you're going to cancel someone and really cancel them and make a statement about canceling them, if you have a certain thought in your head and that's how you're going to go about it. And again, if you feel that passionate, it turns into this whole thing like we said on Stan Twitter. If you're that, 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 that passionate and you want to make a statement, like put it out publicly. And if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. If you're kind of tangled in with how you feel about it, don't speak on it. Unless it's, you know, private conversations with your friends or certain things like that or people you confide in. But I don't know, canceling culture is very funny and some things are a no-go. Like racial things just are just really not a no-go. But like Alejandro said, that's preference to your culture. You may not be able to see it. You may have privilege and not be able to see it. So it all just ties into a bunch of this stuff. And before I get to um, Kaylee or Sherry, because Alejandro and I went on a tangent, um, I wanted to share a comment from singer Jessie J that she posted on her Instagram story that like resonated with me. Um, She said, beware that your truth can change. One day your truth can be one thing for you to experience it and realize it is leading you to another truth. It's constantly evolving. Act on your instincts. Don't be afraid to change. So I always call myself a chameleon and I constantly change. And I think that's where the line of change and fake comes along. Um, So when you publicly do say something, like I said, update your listeners or back them up so they don't think that you're fake because you're quote unquote changing. Oh, that quote, that quote really resonates, I feel like, with all of us, because I feel like I am definitely not the same person I was four years ago, Mm ten years ago, Mm -hmm. even six months ago, I'm probably Mm -hmm. not the same person I was. And it's, you know, I feel like cancel culture is so dumb in that part, because yes, an idol may have made a mistake, and it's, it might have been a really big mistake. And there's some things that idols make mistakes in that they just can't come back from mm-hmm. like the whole sungry the whole sungry situation and everybody under that umbrella canceled can't come like back. i yeah. i yeah. like i i i also think that canceling culture is stupid but that is a no-go I, there's no way that i can support them listen to their music i just feel like this sense of disgust every time they're even mentioned and i can't have that around me so in that sense i 
feel like I have canceled each and every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the particular group that they come from because yeah. I love FT Island. I love CN Blue. I love the music that they have put out. But in no instance will you ever hear me say I support Jung-hoon of C- of FT Island. I support Jung-hyun of CN Blue. Like I will never ever in my life say those words again because that is what they did is absolutely disgusting mm-hmm. um same thing with racial stuff like if there's an artist that has done racial things and they have either not apologized for it or they keep repeating the offense over and over again despite the mass influx of people tell them telling them like hey this is not right i don't feel like i can support them because i feel like if i support them i feel like i'm doing some sort of injustice to you know my my black friends or like my black subscribers like mm-hmm. it's it i just can't find it in me to support that because i feel like i'm doing like an injustice to them and and yeah but i feel like in terms of learning in terms of let's say an idol wears a hairstyle or certain way and you know they they don't do it again and they're constantly advocating you know for cultural inclusion and so forth so on and so forth and you see that growth i feel like is there's no point in canceling them like yeah maybe they're canceled for like a few minutes or like a few days until you start seeing this growth and this development but i just feel like we're all kind of guilty of saying things and acting upon things of ignorance because of our lack of knowledge maybe or maybe like you said maybe some of us are just privileged to have never experienced that kind of stuff so for us doing these things or saying these things comes with no cultural cost um and yeah but i just feel like that knowledge and this evolution to become better people to see this inclusivity to see these racial uh discrepancies i just feel like is always so good and such a healthy growing environment like process and you can't really um I want to say you can't really cancel somebody over a one-time offense or maybe even a second-time offense. Um, depending on the severity of the, the offense. Depending on, sever- on the severity and also depending on, you know, if they have actually, like, taken the time to reflect and grow as a person mm-hmm. and show that growth. And, yeah, those are my two cents. Okay. My, uh... My personal opinion on canceling culture is um, there is a big difference between canceling culture and canceling a person. Um, I think it's unfair to cancel out like a whole entire culture based on one person's actions. However, I do have to say um, in the past year, 2019, I've been trying to become a lot more outspoken and I haven't hesitated to like DM people if I um sense an issue or feel like there might be a future issue or something maybe i don't agree with and i try to be respectful and say hey what do you mean you know before i i guess cut out or cancel a person but the thing that irks me the most to no end is seeing somebody say oh this person's canceled i'm canceling them and then two days later you see them retweet like a funny meme about them or they're talking about that person again or it seems like all is forgiven all of a sudden you know 72 hours later 24 hours later how however long it is however short of a period of time and my thing is like if you're gonna cancel someone if you're gonna get so mad that you're gonna take to social media to announce in front of all of your followers that you don't like this person anymore you don't support this person anymore you're canceling this person then stick with it stick with 
what you say. If you're going to cancel them because you don't support an issue, stick with that and cancel them. But don't come over and say, oh, this was so wrong and they're canceled. I would support them. And then come back three days later and be like, oh, all is forgiven. All is fine. Because A, that makes you look flaky. And B, that makes it just look like you only cared about the issue when it was prevalent and at its highest peak. Like when it was the most severe on social media, when everybody was saying, oh, this person's canceled. And then when it died down, you were secretly like, okay, like back at it, like it's fine. You know, nobody's paying attention anymore, so I'm good. Like you see him to me really, really, really suspicious if you do that, because it's like, are you just canceling to go along with popular opinion at the time or are you truly affected afflicted concerned about this issue and you want to make a statement but it really irks me when i see people go oh so and so is canceled like um we all know jake park has had multiple instances where he has been called out on his racial um degradations to different cultures and where people have said you know this is really unacceptable and in my opinion um a lot of the things that go on, like we all know um, Korean variety shows are extremely known for like blackface and just being so racially insensitive and offensive and that they're well aware that they're doing it and they do it anyways. In my opinion, second offense, you're done. That's it. Like once you're well informed of what the issue is and if you do that again, you're out. That's it because you have no excuse this time. But I don't like it when people go, oh, well like, we told them, so they're canceled. And all of a sudden they're like, stream J Park's new album or watch this variety show or support this artist. And I'm like, why would you, why would you act like you care and then go back on it? Like, why would you do that? that mm. That's that's the part that irks me the most. Mm. That that makes a lot of sense. And I was thinking, oh, I was thinking of something that just popped out of my head. Oh, it just popped out of my head. Um, I wanted to add on to what you were saying about like, um, if that's why I keep saying if you're gonna say something like think about it in your head a couple of times a couple of days before you say something because once you say something you either have to back it up or you have to explain reasons of why you don't back it up anymore and within the span of a couple of days I think that's like really fake but if something and I agree with what you say I always have this like thing that I say I say I don't give three strikes I give two like that's it um, and I agree if I, if I see something, depending on how severe it is or how outspoken, and it depends on how outspoken the person really wants to like be. And again, it could be for the sake of retweets. It could be for the sake of likes. It could be for the sake of trying to end up on a quick update video that billboard does on the topic. Um, and I honestly just think that if you feel that passionate, speak up at the person. And again, like that thing of change, if you end up changing, it does like in the course of two or three days or in the course of like a couple like months or something if you have a total like 360 like well sorry 180 change and you're like all right now like it you do it and you do at that point need to give an explanation like if you're going to switch up i think it comes with an explanation not just oh they look like a really good person or oh like if you're wrong like let's say you're totally wrong about an assumption or a, a thought then you need to first of all apologize to the people that also you're because you're a social media influencer even if you're an 11 year old with 7,000 followers you're still in a way an influencer so those 7,000 people that probably go to you for updates or see what you're doing for your day you owe them to be as factual and as morally like aware as possible I'm sorry but when you agree to go onto social media and you start having that following 
you do owe a specific sense of of awareness and self-consciousness and just morals of being a decent human being. You do. And it's an unspoken rule. And maybe some people, oh, it's not that serious. I hate when people say certain that about certain things. Because it, it, it honestly is. And if you think it's not that serious, then you don't need to be speaking on social media like that then. You don't need to be speaking about serious issues if it's not that serious. Point blank, period. You make no sense. So anyway, Sherry, I can go on a tangent for on and on. So Sherry, I'm going to let you <laughs> go ahead and um, say whatever you wanted to say. Um, I can't really remember much. Um, I know. <laughs> but I was going to say, yeah, I um, agree with Haney. And I think that a lot of the time as well, people are just, like you said, with tweets and retweets, it's the whole, oh, cancelled. I think people do it just to join in, to be part of mm-hmm. the social media or to be part of the Twitter, K-pop Twitter or whatever it, whatever platform you're using. It's just to be involved and to be part of the community because you may not even have fully looked into something and you know actually thought about does it affect me or does it actually bother or offend me Mm, let me just you know join in and you know start making threads about stuff just for likes and retweets so yeah I think it's it's to do with that as well mostly but I think cancelling of course due to the severity well depending on the severity is important as well but most of the time people just want to be cool online like very basic things oh they're cancelled okay mm-hmm. you're still going to listen to their music and you're still going to download their music but you just want to be cool in front of your friends yeah but yeah that's literally what I think your, your, twi- your Twitter or K-pop friends okay Sprinkle Podcast listeners that is all the way a wrap on today's episode thank you all so much for awaiting our comeback for season two and we have more discussions to come for the whole entire month um just a couple of disclaimers we will be revisiting um the whole situation with the illegal spy cam filming uh, with specific k idols um in the later months once you know more things are solidified and trials have actually come to fruition and Um, That way we can be more factual instead of opinionated when we come to you. So for those of you that will probably be in the comments talking about it or want us to address it, it will and it is coming later on. Maybe in the late summer months, I should say. And we have anchor.fm. You guys can check us out there. If you're checking us out here right now, you can head over to YouTube just to see further Um, about the comments and about uh, more things about the co-hosts themselves, i.e. our Twitter accounts, our Instagram accounts, our own YouTube, our articles for uh, Sherry, who is a writer of her own website. And um, for those of you that are listening on YouTube, you guys can always listen to us on nine different platforms, podcasting platforms. Make sure to go in the description box below anchor.fm and you can see the other platforms where we are reachable with links below so that's it no shot sprinkled this time i know that's what we usually do but we have a little shot sprinkled version game coming up next month that you guys can get excited for and again just thank you to everybody for coming back and getting excited make sure to share this around like i said if there's ever something on twitter or reddit or instagram or something that you see and you're like 
I can't really put it into words or maybe you're limited by how many uh, characters you could put in a specific tweet or something, make sure to always uh, link the people you're talking with to back to this podcast with timestamps. And uh, we love to be um, kind of another opinion or if, or your voice if you can't really voice it that well. So thank you guys so much again for everything and the appreciation. We will be back. I know you guys have been waiting and waiting and waiting. We will be back. We are back. We're here. I thank my other three co-hosts, Sherry, Kaylee, and Alejandro. It's just a really great time on here. And I'm glad you guys are having a great time just as much as the hosts. So we will see you next month. Bye.